Steven, let me ask you, what is the best real-life insult you've ever heard? Oh, fuck. Do you have any idea? I don't think, yeah. I don't right now. I'm trying to think of one. I feel like there, there has been a good one before, but I can't think of anything. Do you have a, do you have one? Are you trying to insult me right now? No, 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 okay. never, never. Only behind your back. <laughs> good, like a real friend. Uh, please download my Stephen Sucks podcast. Uh, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> it's only on Stitcher Premium. Don't don't freak out. I am making money off of it. Cool. Should you at least yeah. like share a dollar of that with me? I think. No, you're not involved. <laughs> cool. 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 Feel real good about myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. So um, when I was in a band, uh, mm-hmm. one of the uh, one of my. Uh, Band members uh, or guitarist called our drummer. See, <laughs> just the idea of it cracked me up. Uh, our, uh, <laughs> our our drummer had a, a little bit of like like he had some like pretty pretty large teeth. <laughs> so our guitarist called our drummer Sea Biscuit. <laughs> It's it's one of my favorite insults I've ever heard. Did he say it in a moment of anger, or or, uh, was he being funny? Oh, no, it was like we were all constantly, like, busting each other's chops and whatnot, so (laughs) it was just part of it, but, uh, yeah, I I, I still laugh to this day, obviously, because I barely got it out uh, the first time, but, uh, yeah, Seabiscuit, my uh, my favorite real-life insult. Yeah, I can't think of any. That's a good one. Um, you know, I try not to insult people generally, so uh, I don't have any good zingers myself, I don't feel. Uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure I've heard of something good, but I don't have anything as good as that for sure. Well, you know what? We gave it a shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel real real part of that that uh, I could come up with something to help that segment along so I'll, I'll, I'll be bringing this up on my podcast uh, Steven Sucks uh, again Stitcher Premium exclusive check it out you know what I would love people actually emailed at the end of this show and they were like where, where can I find that though for real I wanted to, I wanted to, I would buy that and we're like wait what that's what yeah. we did this whole time mm-hmm. that's okay uh, usually Amanda co-hosts that one with me, but oh, uh, <laughs> that really hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it cuts deep, bro. Yeah, it's like a round table, so uh, I mean, usually Savannah chimes in. And, uh, uh, wow. Yeah, you <laughs> like, should have heard what your dad said yeah, last week. <laughs> your dad been on lots of times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that guy does not like you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. Cool. It, it is what it is. Cool, 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 cool. Mm-hmm. Danny says hi, by the way. Oh, your brother. Fuck. So. I knew you were going to bring up Danny. <laughs> God. He doesn't listen to this show, mm-hmm. but he does participate in the Stephen Sucks podcast. Again, Stitcher Premium. Go ahead and subscribe and uh, download. There's 498 <laughs> episodes uh, currently available. We're building up towards our 500th. So, so you've been doing this for a while. Uh huh. Yeah. And I know you're thinking it's just like, oh, they're like five-minute episodes. Uh, no, they're all each at least three hours long. So. Wow. So it's mm-hmm. it's not just us on this show. 
that's just yeah and we don't even like meander at the beginning of it like mm-hmm. we do on this one mm-hmm. it's just like all right here we are guys let's get right to it here are things that steven did earlier today that are just bad well so that i don't start crying i'm gonna mm-hmm. turn this around to a positive and say i've always wanted to bring people together brent and you know what you have succeeded in that yeah so jokes on you (laughs) damn it all right all right that podcast is now over Uh all files are now deleted success you've you've won this round steven yeah thank you you won i I won after like five years of podcasting (laughs) i like that i this like mythology though i didn't know about because uh, it seems like you've been doing that one for a while you actually started let's Mm -hmm. talk about stuff with me to get like more content to be like let's make fun of this guy and be able to like bring not more people into listening because no one listens to this show but you know just just more content basically to make fun of me so yeah, more or less. I mean, like when you suggested us starting a podcast, I was like, oh, okay. So he he found the podcasting equipment that Amanda has around the house. So, okay, yeah, this, this would be super easy. You talk to Amanda and she's like, he found it. You got to like play. You got to start one with him then. You got to play the song. He can't know why I haven't. Actually, it's kind of comical yeah. to me to think of Amanda having any electronics in this house and me not know about it. <laughs> I would be like, what are these? Who are you? <laughs> That's okay, though. Well, uh, so I think on that note, uh, we're doing it. <laughs> I guess so, unfortunately. Sound good? Cool. Well, I, I'm Steven. <laughs> we know. We all know. <laughs> We've heard the legend. <laughs> Why couldn't any of your listeners from that show come to this show, at least, then? Oh, there's a there was like a big... Um, what do you call it? Like disclaimer, mm. like, look, this is the real show. This, yeah. Like, let's talk about stuff. It's kind of like a, a Truman show esque type of wow. venture. Yeah. That's so, really eye opening. Yeah. It's <laughs> almost uh, as if uh, you're a tether uh, to the oh, other show. Fuck. Yeah. So I'm, mm-hmm. the, I'm the dark version. Cool. Mm-hmm. Still white, but very dark. <laughs> Very white. <laughs> um, well, like, okay. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And um, that's cool to know that you actually have been keeping people away from this show whenever we've been trying to build an audience. Uh, you've actually been rooting against us. So cool. Yeah, but I think that's apparent. Um, hmm. I, I participate in the show. Not a fan. Uh, I don't listen. <laughs> no, yeah, why? Why would I do that? <laughs> no, oh, uh, for for real. Obviously, I don't have a Stephen Sucks podcast. This this was all just having funsies, guys. Obviously, I would never do that to you. You and I are best friends. It's fine. It's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, but uh, you can uh, download on Stitcher Premium uh, the Brent is Bogus podcast. Uh, that one has huge numbers. All of them are just me, though. Uh, mm-hmm. I do listen and re-listen to those episodes on a daily basis. Uh, and it's just me sobbing into the microphone. So, um, oh. But I do have some variant, you know, sob um, techniques mm-hmm. that you can really get into. Different places. Um, sobbing work. Yeah, different places. Yeah, you know, it's not just my crawl space under my house. <laughs> uh, it's also in the crawl space uh, at my work, you know. 
at at, uh, at the Duck Church. You know, different mm-hmm. different places I can sure. go to and from. So yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out Brent is bogus on Stitcher Premium. Uh, it's it's like a, a Stitcher Premium Ultra exclusive. So it is ninety nine dollars uh, per listen. Wow. But you know it's kind of worth it. Yeah, I'm really into the hole on it. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I just pictured you crawling under your house with a bunch of podcasting equipment, the microphone and all that in one arm mm-hmm. and an extension cord just dragging along with you. And Brandy's like, where are you going? And you just turn around with a dirt covered face, tears streaming down. Leave me alone. <laughs> just crawl under there and do your thing. It's my time. <laughs> it's my time down here. <laughs> Sounds beautiful. Look. It's very avant-garde. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and undesirable as, uh, many critics, yeah. uh, have, have, have mentioned. <laughs> what a high compliment. Quote Rolling Stone. Who? <laughs> that was, uh, to be clear, that was the receptionist when we, you called and, and tried to get a hold of someone at Rolling Stone. And then, mm-hmm. uh, she said who and, and hung up, but quote, Hey, yeah. hey, hey. you know, I was trying to signal boost. You know, yeah. <laughs> all these listens like it charges me mm-hmm. like I could go back and re-listen to it on my on my computer here. But I'm trying to get those numbers up. Right. Mm-hmm. I have massive numbers. But it's all because I have to repay every time I re-listen to one of these episodes. So, you know, keep jokes it, on me, I suppose. Keeping the dream alive, though. Yeah. You know, so. you do you, bro. Hell yeah. Massive numbers. Massive numbers. First episode. 12 listens. What? Yep. Yep. As many listens are as there is hours in the day. Wait, what? Yeah. You know how a, how a clock only goes to 12. There's only 12 hours in a day. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. did I tell you? Yeah. I found out the other day the earth is actually flat. It's watching on well, YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, they have... A lot of people don't mention this, but they have... A massive amount of research and testing that they do and yeah obviously mm-hmm. obviously and like with the editorial like like precision eye mm-hmm. they look at these stories with yeah like obviously it's true it's not like yeah. somebody's just like i have a camera on my computer i'm just going to yell into the ether mm-hmm. of the internet about whatever my dumb brain thinks it, they've done research on it. Yep. Obviously, you know, we're on a disc and there's ice all the way around it and there are dragons protecting the border. Yep. Obviously. I saw Everyone it. Yeah. Knows this. That's what I saw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't just make it up. You Guys, you couldn't do that. YouTube wouldn't let you. Right. Yeah. They have algorithms. I don't even know what that word right. means. <laughs> oh, it's a guy named Al Gorithms. Oh. Uh, he's, he's the one who like, monitors all of the... Um, the YouTube videos and uh, he, he really puts he, he signal boosts the uh, the ones that are the most true which are all mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. quote unquote conspiracy theories mm-hmm. you know what else is a theory gravity okay hmm. it's all the same it all works the same yep we all know makes sense uh-huh. I heard a theory the other day too I don't remember where I heard this but I heard this theory about um, there's like a conspiracy with like Oreos and the Titanic I don't know it's coming up on a podcast I heard about but I'm like really looking hmm. forward to it yeah I mean that sounds 300% legit mm-hmm. and yeah. I'm sure Mr. Go Rhythms is on top of it and he's really going to make that one a number one bestseller 
uh, mm-hmm. New York Times. The I'm sorry, the struggling New York Times. Oh, yeah, burn. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, as you as you may have noticed, we are back in the pilot seat here. Um, big podcast was going to rip us apart or, or rip us away from the show. Uh, turns out. We have the keys to the car, mm-hmm. and we're just going to keep driving this bitch until the wheels fall right off of it. So, um, as you can also, tell from what we just said, the yeah, whole segment. Also, uh, none of the other hosts uh, wanted to do this after all, and they decided, <laughs> no, <true>. the show <laughs> sucks. Uh, I don't want to have anything to do with it because you know what we've we've already <clears throat> we've already salted this field. Okay? Yeah, nothing's going to grow here. <laughs> so, Listen, I love salt. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I love fields. Fuck it, too. A lot of people don't know this, but your middle name is iodized. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, well, that's kind it. of right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. True. Actually, I was trying for uh, garlic salt, but I don't like four names in a row, personally. Yeah. Stephen Garlic yeah. Salt Fisher. I, and I didn't want to hyphenate it, so I went with iodized, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so. Let's see. We are pushing 15 minutes on this. Uh, okay. Uh, I guess we can <laughs> talk about a, an actual thing. Uh, so one thing we should say is uh, congratulations to listener of the show, Sarah Brindley. Yeah. She just got married to uh, to a, a person, I, I guess. I don't know. Um, and you, uh, You've heard of him. Uh-huh. You don't like yeah. him. But you might now because no. she's married to him. See, so brings him into yeah. the fold. Yeah. You know, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I I'm gonna have to take some time to think on it. Mm-hmm. Much like the uh, movie we are discussing today, I'm gonna have to really like. Oh yeah. Let it sink in. You know, marinate a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Well, we'll. Uh, I'm going to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, for a one listener, and yeah. uh, maybe <laughs> maybe uh, come around on it. But uh, you yeah, should. I'm, you I'm, should. For right now, uh, her wedding is. Honestly, it's about me and me taking mm-hmm. some time for myself to figure out how I feel about the person who so selfishly mm-hmm. ripped into our show oh, about, wow. uh, you know, about a pop culture combat segment about Oreos versus Chips Ahoy. It's just like, wow. Wow, are you really gonna come at me like that? <laughs> All right, Brent. I don't want you. I don't want you to go down this rabbit hole again. Mm-hmm. It's it, you know, it's it was just her day. Uh, mm-hmm. You have strong feelings about this, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because we haven't done a pop culture combat uh, segment in a long time. Maybe because of you that. You know why? Because my feelings are hurt. <laughs> okay, my wow. feelings are hurt. <laughs> you know, I was able to hold back the tears during the mm-hmm. Freddy versus Jason one in October. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with the, the help of some of our podcast friends, but otherwise, you know, it's like, God, I gotta, I have to live with this now. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have to live with those scars. Yeah. So. You got a point. I listen, I don't mm-hmm. want to, I don't want to get into it. He's, he's my brother-in-law, super mm-hmm. cool guy. You're a super cool guy. I just wish you guys could get along. Um, I'm pretty sure he has no feelings about you whatsoever. Um, he doesn't know I exist. No, no, um, no, no. but th- th- that doesn't make me or that doesn't help me at all. Okay. You know? That doesn't help my healing process. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to well, do bad all by myself. Yep. So I need him to recognize. <laughs> right. Rage into the microphone, man. Go for it. You already did, but, you know, do what you need <laughs> yeah. to do to get it out of you. Mm-hmm. So, well, 
on the toilet, I'd go. Get the evil right out of me. <laughs> is, that, is that what you call it? Uh-huh. <laughs> I have yeah. to get the evil out. See you, to, yeah. see you in 10. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's all to say. Uh, congratulations, Sarah and Josh, on your wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> it all came back around to poop. <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, we haven't even said our main topic, which uh, coming up is going to be us, the uh, two, 2019 movie that just came mm-hmm. out. Um, it is very hard. Uh, it's one of those movies. I'm going to say this right now. Uh, hard to to Google. Us. You have to type in like us <laughs> yeah. movie. It's hard to talk uh-huh. about because today we're talking about us, but we're not. We're talking about a movie called Us, and that's just difficult. And that's fine. Uh, I still liked it a lot, and uh, very looking forward to exciting. To exciting. Very looking. I'm excited to look forward to talking about it soon. Me words. <laughs> <laughs> look, you got there eventually. It's fine. Thanks. I feel really cool mm-hmm. about that. Uh, but. To start you off, you landed that sev- that Boeing seven thirty seven. That's fine. <laughs> Too soon, um, but yeah, we're going to start off with uh, talking about the Avengers issue number seventeen. That is the last issue of this vampire saga that we've been going through, and the the next segment is going to be that War of the Realms, which I'm really, really looking forward to. So, Brent, would yes. you like to uh, set us off on this journey? Indeed, I would. Indeed, I would. And uh, this story is written by Jason Aaron with line art by David Marquez, color art by Eric Arsenega, and returning letterer Clayton Cowles. We never heard back from Corey Pettit, so I Mm. imagine he's dead. So, sucks. Sorry. Uh, uh, I condolences to his family. Yeah. And uh, this is a great episode for them to tune into. We heard you died on a podcast. How would you even find that podcast? I don't know. (laughs) I typed in shitty podcast. It was the first one. Um, Okay, so on this issue, like you said, this is the finale of the Vampire Story arc. And we've got the Avengers um, going in. um, Well, and on the last issue, the Mm -hmm. end of the last issue, uh, they went to a prison in uh, in Russia somewhere, and uh, uh, a lot of the the vampire or a lot of the prisoners there were turned into vampires. So the Avengers do swoop in to uh, save the day there, and they end up battling not only the prisoners uh, who are now vampires, uh, but also the uh, Legion of the something something that I never remember, mm-hmm. uh, Legion of the Unliving, uh, yep. as well as the Shadow Colonel there. Um, now. If I can get back to the overview thing here. Okay, so, yeah, they're doing a, a lot of fighting, um, and eventually the Avengers essentially save the day. Um, and uh, I'm really just... I'm very excited to talk about our main topic. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, look, the Avengers win. Uh, Dracula, yeah. he he um, is... Uh, he, he spills all of his secrets over his 500 years of life, and the Red Widow um, uh, decides to give him Chernobyl. That will be his kingdom, and they mm-hmm. do it as kind of like a, a sick joke to let him live there. Um, come to find out, this was all kind of part of his plan, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, the Legion of the Unliving were all working for him, and uh, the Shadow, Shadow Colonel in particular was, in fact, his son. Um and 
yeah, I mean, that's kind of like the, the main story of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, so just the, got the right Aven- there. <laughs> yeah, the Avengers win. All right. Um, uh, Black Panther does give Blade a choice to not decapitate the Shadow Colonel. And as mm-hmm. uh, T'Challa is speaking, Blade just straight up decapitates him. Uh, the uh, boy thing, uh, which is a, a smaller version of the man thing that the Shadow mm-hmm. Colonel wore, is now on Blade. And uh, it essentially gives Blade uh, the ability to make... Uh, I was going to say steak hands, but it sounds like he's just going to slap him around with meat, cuts of meat, uh, but not those steaks, uh, S-T-A-K-E. Um, and uh, he decapitates the Shadow Colonel, and uh, it looks like Blade is sticking around as an Avenger, according to what he Surprising. says here. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty pretty excited about that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, any any thoughts on... Any of the stuff that happens in this issue? Um, so this is, I had a, a question about how comic books kind of flow throughout the different issues and stuff, uh, because I guess I kind of expected, because we knew this was going to be a, a story arc of the vampire thing, and it makes sense, and I like how it ended, because it's more open-ended than I expected, where it's like, you get some twists at the very end, and it's like, oh, Dracula is actually like leading all of this stuff, like you said, like it was kind of his plan all along, and it was his son that was the Shadow Colonel, and we kind of found that all out, and now he's like, now we have the Kingdom of the Vampires in Chernobyl, and I guess since we're leading into War of the Realms, I guess my question is, is this how comic books kind of go? They have story arcs, but like they'll kind of just drop that for a while now, and I guess like the the vampires are doing their thing in the background, and we'll probably swing back to that eventually. Is that kind of the idea? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes they will seed things. Kind of like uh, going back to that first arc, we've got like the Squadron Supreme of America, which is mm, essentially yeah. Marvel's Justice League. So they're in there doing, or they're out there doing something, you mm-hmm. know, that they're going to play into the War of the Realms arc because that's what's, they're the focus of the next issue of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're they're kind of like seeding things here and there. Um, you know, the, the Namor subplot from, or I, I guess it was the main plot from, I guess the story arc before mm. that's still kind of out there as well. So there are gotcha. all these different plates that Jason Aaron is, is spinning mm-hmm. to, uh, to get back to when incorporate into, I guess maybe like a, a larger, um, a larger story, like for the war of the realms, uh, he's been writing Thor since I think it was like 2012 mm-hmm. and wow. he had, he had dropped in or he had mentioned the pending war of the realms, like, going back then so this has been like a long gestating gotcha um story or a a road to get to that story i should say yeah that's cool it's like it it speaks to a lot of their world building that they do um that's pretty awesome that it's um that's how life really is like you might hear of something and then like you don't hear about it for a few months or years or whatever and then it's like oh that comes back around so it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of cool i i kind of more expected i guess this story to end in certain ways, especially I didn't think Blade was going to be an Avenger anymore. And there's even a part where he wants to decapitate that guy. And he's like, Chital is like, no, we don't do that in the Avengers. And he's like, then I guess I'm going to quit. And he like cuts his head off. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that was it. And then he's like, later on, it's like, oh no, he's still around. He's still part of it. They're just going to have a discussion about it. Uh, yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, so things are kind of more, it's like this uh, big, like open-ended world um, that mm-hmm. a bunch of different characters kind of play in and out of their own stories, whatever, which is pretty fun. And uh, also, that last shot of uh, Dracula in the King of the Vampires, he just looks, like, really badass. I love the way he's drawn as a, as a character. I, yeah. I love Dracula and vampires and stuff, but I've never seen him in the Mar- Marvel Universe before, and I've never seen, like, this kind of take on him of, like, this... He's old, but he looks still fucking ripped, basically. Like, he was hiding mm-hmm. it, that he was, like, weak or whatever, but uh, 
his design, his costume and stuff looked pretty awesome. So uh, I'm excited to kind of hear more back from that eventually, but also very excited for the World of Realms coming up. So yeah, for sure. And uh, what did you think about the dog on dog fight between <laughs> Sarge and Thori, which has not been mentioned in this series, but it, he is a, a supporting uh, pet in the current Thor series. Okay. I was wondering about yeah. Thori because uh, there's a there's a part where the dog is trying to fight She-Hulk, I think, or whatever, and she's like, we brought someone to deal with you. And I was like, where'd they get a dog? And why did they just think a regular dog could fight this other, like, crazy vampire dog who can speak? Uh, mm-hmm. But then <laughs> I love later on when he's he's standing over Sarge and uh, it's, he just he says, like, Thori, king of the dogs, but he looks like a regular dog just, like, howling. It just, yeah. it's great. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked, I mean, I don't like, I don't like dog fights in real life, right. but uh, mm-hmm. I'm in support of, I guess, the Thor of dogs, Thori, mm-hmm. uh, fighting a vampire dog. That sounds pretty rad. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I totally that. agree with you uh, on all of that, especially the dog fighting. Uh, hey, Michael Vick, go fuck yourself. Boom. That's right. We went there. The only yeah. podcast brave enough to tell Michael Vick <laughs> to go fuck himself. <laughs> Don't give him our addresses. No, no. I'm afraid uh, of we him. both live in eastern Pennsylvania. Um, so yeah, Pennsylvania, Norway. Uh, Wink. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm right off the scent. <laughs> uh, real quick, dumb joke. Uh, Thori was actually named by a an apologetic Canadian. Thori. All right. Uh. So um, <laughs> we see that She-Hulk. Uh, explodes somehow. She, I, I guess, mm-hmm. one of her current powers is she can store up and then like release gamma, uh, gamma radiation. And there is a just a beautiful mushroom cloud that erupts mm. uh, right there in Russia. And uh, oops, Cap, Cap and Iron Man are like, uh oh, <laughs> oopsie, made a boo boo. I wish that was the actual words on the screen on the on the page here. Oopsie, made yeah. a boo boo <laughs> for the mushroom cloud. <laughs> Yeah, I also like, I didn't notice this quite at first, but uh, when you see Dracula talking to the head that he's holding in his hand of his son, and his son is like, Father, is this it? Is this the promised land that I see? It's beautiful. And he's like, yes, you did well. And the next one is just him throwing the head behind him, like, (laughs) unceremoniously. Cool. So he has a lot of feelings about his kids. That's nice. Yeah, that's good. That's all good. Um, And uh, whenever Blade is, is... talking to Robbie Reyes there at uh, Avengers Mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, <laughs> it cracked me up because Blade is like walking around the corner through that like hallway or whatever. He's carrying like two duffel bags filled with just like sharp ass <laughs> objects. <laughs> like, he should have some like hard cases for him, but he's just like, yeah. no, I have these bank bags that I've, I'm sure. going to put all of these daggers and knives and swords in. And he's just like walking around with those. It's like, yeah, this is, this is fine. Um, one thing I was kind of curious about is we see that um uh t'challa is fighting the character uh snow snake and um mm. first of all t'challa has the lightsaber yeah incredible right. right off the bat right yeah and then um he's fighting this character and he mentions that uh he was able to analyze his um his fabric mm-hmm. and he he figured out that he's um you're 300 years old from the Nara province of Japan. And he says that um, he has a way to help restore his honor. And he developed some possible cures for his condition, which is, you know, 
um i don't know if it's just vampirism or if it's this mm. specific because he has this long protruding tongue yeah, kind of like a venom tongue yeah pretty and uh t'challa in his claws he has all of these different cures he said i i brought all of them and that's really the last we see of it we don't see that character get stabbed or whatnot so mm-hmm. i'm kind of wondering if the snow snake character that has joined uh dracula and the the other members of the the uh Good Lord, the Legion of the Unliving. Holy shit, I'll never fucking remember that. You don't have to um, now. We're going to move storylines. It's fine. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if he's kind of like a, a secret agent or maybe like a mm. plant from, from the Black well, Panther yeah. that was put there, you know? Um, I, I liked him, and I liked that they brought that up because it seemed like they were kind of leading into maybe he would get cured or he'd be, yeah, part of something else later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I like that scene where it shows there's only one one sure way to oh no that's another thing he's like i brought them all and it shows his claws whatever and he has all these like needles sticking out of it one of mm-hmm. those is definitely heroin right oh yeah absolutely okay cool that's what i thought yeah. he's like these four are for a cure <laughs> this one's for funsies <laughs> definitely will not ruin your life totally fine yeah look we're gonna cure him <laughs> but also we're gonna give him something to do with his time because yeah. you know he's got a, a debt to pay back to society so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah absolutely that was the the end of this issue, and uh, yeah, overall, it was a kind of a, a fun storyline about mm-hmm. uh, vampirism in the the Marvel universe. And uh, boy, I uh, am very much looking forward to Blade becoming part of the MCU at some point. You know mm. what's got to happen? You know, it's gonna get fucking crazy this next phase. So they can do yep. whatever, and it'll be amazing. Yep, absolutely. With Wesley Snipes back in the role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, Wes, so here's what we're going to do. We're just going to pay your taxes yeah. right off the top. We're just going to do that. Yep. Don't then have anything else to worry about. To worry about. You're yeah. not going to paperwork. We realize that now. We get it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't want to do necessarily a, a dream casting for, for a new Blade, but uh, it is kind of, there's a lot of other actors that would be really kind of fun. Any, I mean, pretty much anybody from Black Panther that wasn't Black Panther could, could kind of show up uh, in a different role there, but... Uh, It'd be kind of neat to, to see a different casting for that, so. Disagree. Sticky fingers is the way to go. Oh, All right. Okay. So, moving on. <laughs> I do like uh, one last thing on this. They always yep. do like a uh, kind of on the next time, uh, next issue or whatever for issue mm-hmm. 18. And it says War of the Realms Begins. And I was really confused at first with the way they wrote this, but I, it's, it's also tongue-in-cheek. It kind of cracks me up. So, they said, see the greatest heroes of DC in action. And then they uh-huh. go into how it's the Squadron Supreme, which is like the DC characters. And it's like clearly like Wonder Woman is like right. flying through there, but it's not. I don't remember her name anymore, but uh, it was just like they're really like punching it in there. It's kind of funny or whatever, but it threw it, me it off. Is. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. they're talking about, sorry, they're, they're talking about the nation's capital. They mentioned that later as the War of the Realms yeah. comes to the nation's capital. And they're like, oh, that DC, not DC Comics. Come on, guys. We wouldn't do that. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's very tongue in cheek because it, it looks like at first glance, it's like Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman and the Flash are all fighting ice giants or yeah. frost giants on this cover. And uh, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing over there. Yeah, that's good, though. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I like that. The rivalry is kind of fun. So there was a. There was a time mm-hmm. where um, Marvel, like before their like current digital like strategy of like uh, Marvel Unlimited, which is like the digital mm. comics like uh, subscription service they've got, they had um, something called uh, what was it? Is that it was like Marvel 
DCU or something like that. It was Marvel hmm. Digital Comics Unlimited. Oh, yeah. And it was really just like <laughs> kind of a big middle finger That's to funny. DC Comics or whatever. But, yeah. It was, Man, yeah. It, was, it was a good time. They like to uh, bust each other's chops. Uh, Marvel does like to uh, go after DC a little bit more mm-hmm. uh, in recent years. But, you know, it's all, it's all fun. It's kind of, I don't know about the comics world, but uh, for the MCU versus the DCEU or whatever they want to call it. Um, feels yeah, like DC kind of like... wins. Absolutely. Hands down. <laughs> well, okay. I, mean, I might think the other way. I was thinking it's uh, kind of kicking someone while they're down. And uh, by down, I mean like a subterranean, like 19th floor below ground level. Um, mm. Kind of down. So seems yeah. like a little little too punchy, but, uh, but all, all good fun. So. Well, did you know there are thousands of miles of tunnels under, under oh, the U.S.? Oh, God, Brent, yes. That's, that's, that's where D.C. lives, you know? <laughs> They're the tethered. <laughs> All right, yeah, can we just jump into us? Because I, I can't stand it anymore. We got to talk Hell about yeah. this. Hell Let's do this. to the yes. Go for it. Okay, All right. so yeah, uh, obviously we're going to have to do like a spoiler-free portion mm-hmm. of it, but uh, yeah, I guess we should just start with like maybe the cast and crew, but... Uh, you know, no no spoilers in, yeah, in that okay. side of it, if you have everything it's pulled up. For about four minutes, because that's as long as I can stand. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> all right, so us, cast and crew. This was uh, directed and written by and produced by Jordan Peele. Uh, his second movie after Get Out, which was uh, outstanding as well. And this was starring, let me get to some of the cast, uh, Lupita Nyong'o as Adelaide Wilson, Winston Duke as Gabe Wilson, her husband, Shahadi Wright-Joseph as Zora, her daughter, and Evan Alex as her son, Jason, uh, who are also great uh, mm-hmm. uh, on there as well. Uh, their friends are Elizabeth Moss as Kitty Tyler and then Tim Heidecker as Josh Tyler. I had to look him up, by the way. His name sounded kind of familiar. I, I've never seen that, like, Tim and Eric stuff, uh, but he's oh, like yeah. he's the Tim of that. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting to me. I never never watched that, but uh, he was. I thought he was really good in this. I would have never really expected that, so... Yeah, I had no idea that either of them were in this movie. Uh, what was her name? Elizabeth Moss or uh, Tim Heidecker? Oh, yeah. No okay. idea that they were supposed to be in this. <laughs> when I saw like, I their names was. pop That's up in the, in the opening of it, I was like, oh, wait, what? 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 I had no idea. <laughs> but he had a like a small cameo at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. He was the announcer mm-hmm. on the, the boat where... Um, oh, okay. What's his name? Yeah, uh, that's right. Doggins take the ship. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing that somewhere. Uh, yeah, it's funny though. But uh, but yeah, they're the they're kind of the main cast. There's a, a few other people listed on Wikipedia here, but it's uh, more I think incidental characters and stuff. Um, it's a pretty small cast overall for the movie. And uh, yeah, yeah. And so general plots. Um, this is about. Uh, I'm really gonna not gonna spoiler at all. Kind of more like the trailers that I mm-hmm. saw because it, it happens pretty quickly, but. It's about a, uh, a family who is on vacation to, like, a, a beach town, like their, their beach house. And one night they, they look outside and there's a, a family out in their driveway just kind of standing there holding hands together. And they break into the house and they look like them. They look like us. And so you don't really know what that means and how the story's going to play out. That's really pretty much all that I think I knew uh, mm-hmm. going into this movie. And man, was this a wild ride? Uh, for sure, for sure. Um, I loved, and I talked about my, or talked about this to my wife as we were like walking to our car. Like th- this is one of those movies where you have to have a discussion after you see it. Yes, like it's 
that's some of the best parts of of cinema. Like sometimes you'll go see a movie and and uh, be like, well, we saw that. Let's go get something to eat or whatever. And you're just the conversation doesn't really yeah. extend beyond that. Uh, this movie is just there's just so much to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were talking about um, lost my train of thought. Um, sure. It's clearly it's one of those so tunnels good. that they live in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good to can't even uh, think. Yeah. What were we talking about? I don't know. Talking about stuff know. after the movie with your with your wife. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. No, we were talking about how the trailer doesn't give you a lot Ooh. of what happens in this movie. And yeah. since we're in the spoiler-free portion of this, we, we won't bring it up, but... Um, yeah, Love it that. is. Uh, it's a a ride that you go on mm-hmm. um, for this because I all I knew is these people have doppelgangers that show up, and the doppelgangers try to kill them. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's pretty much it. You know, they have red jump jumpsuits, and uh, the the young son version of the doppelganger, I think, is the uh, is joining Slipknot shortly. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's. <laughs> pretty much my understanding of it like i said i didn't even know the supporting cast was in this movie Mm -hmm, and to what extent uh the doppelgangers play a part in the whole thing yeah um but really all i knew is that jordan peele made this movie and i was buying a ticket to it yeah i mean that's all you really need to know right after get out so Mm -hmm. yeah i was i will say on that note i was surprised whenever get out had come out um not too long ago you know like i didn't expect his his not sequel but his his sophomore effort to come out this soon um and i'm really mm-hmm. glad it did it, it and even so like uh, i heard about it there were trailers about it and then it came out like so fast i feel like there wasn't a whole lot of wait time for that which is really rad because after get out i wanted just to see anything more from him and then uh by the time this episode airs too we're, we're actually recording this uh earlier but um he'll have he's already started his uh reboot of the twilight zone on cbs all access as well which i'm very excited about like pretty much anything mm-hmm. he touches now i just want to be i just want to see what he can come up with because he's just so imaginative so uh mm-hmm. yeah this is a, a very interesting new take on a new horror movie and uh yeah such a a, a fun uh wild ride that uh is a lot of fun to experience in the theater and i'm i love that the trailers like really didn't give much away I, I didn't watch a trailer again after i saw it to see like what they really showed but um but i'm glad it, it really you don't know what's going to happen at all like it, it mm-hmm. really plays out as you're watching it so that was a lot of fun yeah um as far as like theater experience goes mm-hmm. um and I, I, we won't spend a whole lot of time on this but we did have people almost constantly talking in this uh, movie fuck. That sucks. and and before people freak out uh, about the stereotyping, uh, they were all white people that were talking through this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's Tulsa. I mean, you know, <laughs> we, we have black people here, but there's a, a, a greater uh, uh, portion of, of white people. And, and like there were some um, young, like teenage girls that were like a uh, few uh, seats over from us. So I couldn't like directly give them death stares. But. Mm-hmm. Man, they would not shut the fuck up. And this movie has, um, again, no spoilers, but there's a lot of, like, suspense in it. And there are parts of it where the movie is just quiet and you're just kind mm-hmm. of sitting there uh, on the edge of your seat. And it's it was intercut by these cackling teenagers just loud whispering. And uh, that, that ruined part of that experience yeah. for me. But I'm certainly not going to hold that against the movie. And I'm very eager to watch this again 
and yeah. uh you know, probably from my home and then get freaked out and uh, <laughs> look through the peephole to see if there's anyone standing in my driveway. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the night we came home, actually, on that note, uh, I, I like walk around at night and like turn off all the lights and lock the doors and stuff. And I was mm-hmm. doing that. And I, like I we have like a long hallway with a, like an open window at the end in our bathroom and our like guest bathroom. And I like slowly looked down there and I was like, what if there was just someone standing there? That would freak me out. Uh-huh. But there wasn't. Yeah. All good. But holy shit, I would have, I would have shit my pants. It had there been. That is for damn <laughs> and sure. And then, they, yeah. then they would have shit their pants. Yeah. It would have been a whole thing. Uh, <laughs> oh, they would have liked it. Oh, you get some shit freaks out there. Um, yeah. So theater experience I wanted to talk about for me too is that uh, mm-hmm. we went to Alamo Draft House for this and it was a new location in Katy, Texas, near us, and we hadn't been out because it's it's uh, further outside the city than we are and a little bit to get to, but it wasn't too bad, and uh, it's brand new, which is awesome. So the, the one brand that you had, you had gone to that I used to work at uh, had closed down in Houston at one point, and this new one is better. It's better designed. Instead of, like, one long table, they now have, like, uh, it's more like a school desk where it has, like, individual little... Uh, pods like a table in front of your your chair and they like, actually actually recline now so that was pretty nice um, obviously Alamo is really good about like no talking policy and stuff and uh, mm-hmm. they also have we got there a little bit early it was hard to find parking we were trying to get there faster because they have pre-shows and they do a lot of fun stuff so they were showing like Key and Peele sketches beforehand uh, oh, nice. which was great right um, the only thing about that though so our, our theater experience was pretty good overall but um, I don't know about you uh a lot of this movie, there's funny parts to this movie, but it's it's a horror movie, and I feel like sometimes people watch something and they're not they almost like they're not sure how they're supposed to react at first. You know, when you first see something, like mm-hmm. whether it's funny or scary or just supposed to be there or whatever. And sure. uh, I feel like a lot of the people in my audience, uh, there was a, a significant group of people in our audience that I feel had never seen his like had never seen Get Out before and didn't know like his filmmaking style. And they watched those Key and Peele sketches before the movie, and they were like, oh, this is a comedy. And they were laughing, like, through a significant portion of the movie. And, I, like, parts that I'm like weren't funny at all. Like, they yeah. weren't obvious jokes. They were just, like, little things. I, I don't have any, like, direct examples, but, like, it, it didn't ruin it so much. It was just, like, weird. I was like, no, that's not funny, though. Like, why are you laughing? But it kept yeah. happening over and over again. And then uh, only one person really talked, and it was right towards the end, and that was kind of annoying, and she was in front of us. And uh, 100%, I was like, before I saw her, I was like, number one, she is white. Number two, she is drunk on wine. And when the lights, <laughs> the lights like came on more like from the, the bright scene, and I could look down and see her, she was blonde, and she had an empty wine glass in front of her, and I was like, yep. Uh, but she yep. was, like, basically one of those people she was, like, discussing everything that happened on screen as it happened, like, whispering it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that was kind of annoying. But uh, but other than that, we had a pretty good experience, and the Alamo was was gorgeous. The, the presentation there is always great, and the, the environment is really cool and everything. So that was that was a lot of fun. So it was a good experience to go see it there for sure. Well, the lesson to take away from that is maintain yourself, Christine. God damn. <laughs> You're in a theater with other people. Her name totally down. was Christine. I mm-hmm. believe it. Absolutely. No, no, no fault to Christine's. I know some good Christine's, but she was one. Yeah. 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 Hey, Christine's, uh, come get your girl. <laughs> She's giving all y'all a bad name, all right? <laughs> <laughs> it is a perfectly fine name, so, you know. It's ruining it for all of you. <laughs> all right, so all right. can we head into spoiler talk now? Hell yes. Excellent. Please. Yeah. 
I'm so excited. I don't know where to start. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> let me, let me say this. Like, uh, obviously people are going to compare this to get out mm-hmm. just because it's, uh, Jordan Peele's second, like solo effort of making a movie. I'm not going to count Keanu, uh, Keanu, mm-hmm. Keanu, Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. There we go. You got it. I got it. I got it. Um, because that was a, that was more of a key and peel flavor, uh, as opposed to just Jordan Peele's, mm-hmm. um, solo style. Um, but I mean, it's, it's still even difficult to compare them because they're, they're such different movies and they're, they're both saying different things yeah. in a way. Um, I mean, they're sure there are like similarities between like, um, like privilege, but mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's like trying to retell the same story no, yeah. or get the same point across, you know? Um, but, uh, two things that do, uh, stand out to me is, um, he is great at making people cry just like a single tear at, at first. Right. And I don't know how he does it, but it's, <laughs> it's intense. And these people have the wettest possible eyes I've ever seen. So if you are in a Jordan Peele movie, uh, be prepared to just have your, your body flush out your eyes. You'll never have dust particles land on them again. Uh, mm. everything will be fine. Um, so he's great at that. And also he is great at giving people, uh, the creepiest possible running, uh, shots of all time. Mm, like in get yeah. out, you have the, the groundskeeper that's like running directly at, uh, at, uh, our, our main character. And mm-hmm. then at the last second, he like veers off to the, to the right, uh, yeah. his right, our left, of course, sure. you know, yeah. God, don't, don't right. want to be corrected. Nope. <laughs> Get it left. Uh, and in this movie, the um, the young uh, like evil daughter, mm. um, she runs off into the into the night, and uh, man, it just creeps me out. It just yeah. like she was the creepiest part of this whole oh, movie I know. to me. Yeah, her just eyes. Like, uh. That yeah, like the the way that people would like kind of bend their heads down, yeah. and almost to the point where their eyebrows disappear Mm -hmm. and it's just like their forehead. And then it comes down directly to the tops of their eyes that are looking straight forward. And then they're just very like sinister looking. And it's like, it's not like a CGI intensive movie. Um, I'm I'm sure that like CGI was incorporated in in, like certain parts of it, especially on like, you know, that final shot. But um, Mm. yeah, I mean, it's just all practically done at least for the most part. And I think that's what's, so scary is that mm-hmm. this is i'm not saying that you know a uh a double gangers could show up in real life you know of, of every person in the u.s but just the idea of people showing up to your home and invading it and you know d- torturing you like this yeah uh, that's it's a very like real and like creepy creepy vibe and it's almost like the strangers in a way mm-hmm. which is like the, oh yeah i think the the creepiest movie i've ever seen oh it's just, yeah Oh, yeah. Chill up my spine. Yeah. Yeah, I thought... So I I was thinking about the the very beginning of this movie. They start off with that shot uh, of the TV playing the Hands Across America, like commercial Mm -hmm. and some other stuff or whatever. And, like, I loved it. I was... uh, It's like there's, like, VHS tapes kind of around. It's, like, clearly, like, the 80s or something. And um, it's, like, a slow zoom into that TV. And I thought it was going to be, like, just a quick thing and, like, kind of cut away. And so I was trying to take it as much of it as I could and, like, read the VHS tapes and stuff. And it lingers on that for so long. It's just, like, this really slow zoom. And it was awesome to see all the stuff around it because a lot of it, I I especially read online, like, this is why I definitely want to see the movie again. There's a lot in that scene that kind of gets brought up later. Um, Like, little, little things that she'll, like, pull out of that and kind of use in her speeches and stuff. 
And, um, but it was, it was just like a great way to start it. And then I think right after that, it leads into the, like, uh, the boardwalk and the, like the arcade games and all that stuff when she's walking around with her father and it's like 1986. And that was another thing from the trailers. I didn't know we were really going to do like any flashbacks at all. And so all of that stuff, which it keeps going back to you. Right. I was like, Oh, this was all brand new from the trailers. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. So that was one part, but that first thing, uh, seeing all that stuff, Number one, I was like, God damn, I want to see an 80s set horror movie from him now. Like, yeah. the 80s are, like, one of my very favorite movie decades and horror movies from that era, especially. Um, it, it's set in, like, that, that that part is, like, set in, and I guess the whole movie is, like, set in Santa Cruz. And it reminded me of, like, the Lost Boys, and they're set on, like, the boardwalk and stuff. And uh, I think it was filmed in Santa Cruz, but they, they call it something different than that. Um, but it, it had like almost like a Lost Boys feel. It it recalled a lot of stuff that I grew up on and loved. And I was like, I want to see him now. Like eventually do some type of uh, like '80s set horror movie would be fantastic. So number one, mm-hmm. I love that. But uh, yeah, everything about it, like it just he he's just really good at setting the tone of things. Uh, this kind of creepy atmosphere, but also like just getting you into that place. It felt very much like the '80s. Like it felt really real that it was like filmed in the era. Everything looked really good. I thought the uh, cinematography for this entire movie was really fantastic. And uh, there's just so much to like um, that, that the whole creepy like setup where she goes, basically, you know, it starts off, she goes off on her own to the beach. She's kind of drawn somewhere somehow mm-hmm. into that, uh, that hall of mirrors that uh, I can't remember what it's called now. Um, and like winds her way down there and stuff. And she's just a little girl and the lights go all out. Like everything is just such a creepy atmosphere. And it was just fucking riveting. I, I was just like glued to my seat, eyes on the screen, just like didn't want to think about anything else. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> right. Great start. Oh man. And, uh, it, it keeps your attention the entire time. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's like slow parts to it, but there's also like little seeds that are planted. Yeah. Like during those times, like the, um, Adelaide, who is Lupita Nyong'o's character, they're like some uh, nice moments with, um, I guess, the adult version of Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some uh, nice moments between her and her husband, like just in the car, um, just um, kind of interacting. And then she, it's something I noticed in the film, and I thought, oh, this is off. I'm going to have like a, a shitty thing to say about this movie, but it was, it was um, part of it, where um, they're listening to a song in the car, and she turns around in her seat and shows her her son like how to snap along with the rhythm except the the rhythm was off and uh, as thought. we know from as we know from what Gloria Stefan says uh the rhythm is going to get you and uh it eventually <laughs> does but she's like snapping along to the beat and as I'm listening to him like she's yeah she's off like maybe they didn't have like temp music to use like when they were filming it or or what uh-huh. I was like wow that's kind of kind of odd but i was like all right this is this is one thing but it comes back into play later when you you find out the uh the twist to the movie Mm -hmm. um and uh her not having the the rhythm that she was looking for but uh yeah man i just every bit of this movie i thought was great yeah uh i'm glad you mentioned the rhythm thing because that was in the trailer too and i thought that i heard that as well but i thought well maybe i just don't have rhythm and i don't hear this right but i I had noticed that as well but it it does seem like whenever the kid takes over just by himself that he is on rhythm eventually like with that song um yeah i'm glad you mentioned that because i i thought i I was off but i I would believe you as well because uh you're even you know more musically inclined than i am so uh i'm with you there but 
Um, yeah, they had a lot of... I, I like the family dynamic. Um, the husband, uh, Winston Duke, who is... Uh, he's from Black Panther, right? He's the, yeah, the both, leader of the Yeah, both movie. he and uh, Lupita. Yeah, yeah right on. Um, yeah. I remember whenever they announced the casting for this, I was so excited because I thought he was great in Black Panther. And he was oh, hilarious yeah. in this movie. Uh, he was. Uh, and I loved their kids are fucking stellar. Um, they're, yeah. they're normal kids in the beginning, like whatever. Kids are annoying, so they were basically annoying in that car. Um, mm-hmm. But then uh, when they get to the house and everything, and like when everything starts to go, uh, they all have to play. Like every character has to play double. So, right. you know, they, they get their doppelgangers and like you said, like the daughter is fucking creepy. Um, they did mm-hmm. like a, a, like really dark shadows under her eyes and it was, and the, the way they like tilt their heads down, like you mentioned was, is so creepy. The boy who has a mask on and then later on lifts that up and he's like the bottom half of his face is like burned mm-hmm. and him just having to like crawl around and stuff. I'm sure they use like some stunt people for that, uh, in some capacity cause he's kind of crawling around and doing all this crazy stuff, but uh, but yeah, even after that, whenever you really get into the story and the kids kind of have to take on a role of uh, like fighters or whatever, uh, everybody was just stellar in this. Um, I was so happy with, with everybody, whatever. And I, I also, when I was mm-hmm. looking up the uh, cast, the daughter is going to be the voice of Nala and the Lion King reboot or remake, whatever they're doing soon. So that's cool. Oh, cool. Hear her as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's oh, she's neat. young Beyonce. Young Beyonce. That's what they say about her in this movie. So, uh, but yeah, I liked I liked the cast. Uh, uh, I love Elizabeth Moss as well um, yeah. from from other things. Oh my God. And I, like I said, I didn't really know Tim Heidecker from anything, but uh, I thought they were great as the kind of bitchy friends, I guess, that kind of hate each other and drink a lot. Uh, they really well, fit it, those roles. <laughs> So when they're on the beach, that's when we first meet them. And they're like, the two husbands are talking and the two wives, uh, um, the, uh, the husband walks over and he's, I guess going to refill her, her glass of wine and he starts to hand it to her. And he's like, what do you say? And she's like, um, I hate you. Yeah. Uh, about that time, Brandy and I just looked at each other. It's like, oh, cause that's how we talk to each other. We're like very mean uh, toward each other, but it's a loving but, uh, way. In, a, in, yeah. in a loving way, yeah. in a loving way. It's just how we communicate for sure. Know, um, through, uh, bad words and stabbing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I love their interaction and holy shit. Like, so did we say like, oh, if you haven't seen this movie, I know we're like in spoiler territory yeah. here, but like if you haven't seen this movie yet, and I, I do mean yet because you must see it, yeah. uh, please stop this recording. Uh, forget what you've heard in the spoiler section up to this point, go watch it and then come back because mm-hmm. it's an experience. Yeah. Like, I feel like Jordan Peele movies are an experience. So it's, yeah. it's a, like a cultural touchstone. So don't yeah, let us yeah. ruin any of it for you. Okay. With that out of the way, <laughs> I had no idea that everyone in America has a, a doppelganger. Oh, God, yes. A, a tethered. So when it cuts to them inside their home there, um, I was expecting uh, the... Um, just the the doppelgangers of the uh, of the Wilsons mm-hmm. to show up there and and murder them and be confused yeah. and like oh hey what are you why are you guys wearing these red suits or whatever no that's not the case they're murdered by their own doppelgangers which is insane yeah. and wholly unexpected and when Elizabeth Moss died I was like oh man she's like a, an incredible actor I'm surprised mm-hmm. she's gone so soon but she her doppelganger does a lot of the yeah, uh, the remainder of, of of her acting for her, and there's a scene where um, she hears her like the the tethered version of her husband 
die and she's like silently like scream crying in a, a, a reflective piece of glass which is kind of a um, a motif of this movie is a lot mm-hmm. of like reflections and mirrors and, and mm-hmm. glass and whatnot but you can see her reflection just like in the glass she's like crying without making any noise and it slowly twists into like laughing and i'm just mm-hmm. like holy shit if they ever have somebody be like a female joker Yo, she's the one fuck yeah that she's awesome. the one that'd be <laughs> rad right but man it's just so like creepy it's kind of like in um at the end of get out again mm-hmm. to make a comparison at the end of that movie uh there's a character surely people have seen it by now but just in case i won't spoil it but there's a character that's like kind of struggling and eventually like works her way into like an evil like smile or whatever mm-hmm. and jordan peele has that touch yeah. he can do it i don't know how uh. he does it but it's it's incredible it's um so uh, Jordan Peele, I'm glad you mentioned that because he he obviously has more than just these. It's not like his he made a movie and then made like a sophomore effort. Um, and I looked up by the way. I was I was curious about Keanu. He wrote that, but they didn't direct it. So that's like I think this is his like second film. So that's good. But you know they have a background of other things. They've obviously been in the industry for a long time, and I think that he's been building up these skills for a long time. But he has a uh, a certain eye for everything characters. Uh, making people like act the way he wants them to or whatever, like the crying thing in particular, mm-hmm. um, the look of the films, the, the tone of his films. Um, mm-hmm. But man, fuck it's, I'm, it feels like uh, he's only done like two movies, but it feels like he's been around for a long time because he has. Mm-hmm. And holy shit. I'm just so glad that he is in the world now making these horror movies because I love horror. These are, so fucking good and like you said they're, they're like touchstones of, of pop culture now that I I, I right now I, I actually want to just stop this podcast and stop recording and just go watch it again honestly like that's really what I want to do uh, <laughs> ever since I saw it I wanted to watch it again and yeah. there's there's so layered there's so much to see there's so much to put together there's so much to talk about like you said um, I'm sure we're not even getting we're not going to scratch the surface of this movie in this little podcast mm-hmm. we're going to record here so uh, I'm just I was excited for this movie coming out I was highly um, surprised by the twists and turns of the movie that I didn't expect. Um, the, yeah. In particular, the one when I think they're like they beat their doppelgangers. They, you see that we as the audience see their friends get killed by their doppelgangers, uh, which was a crazy scene. They go to their house and then like uh, I think it's at that point the the kid they're like sitting around and the and the kid says something like like something about like how many more are there or like is there one for everybody and they all kind of just like look at each other and then it just cuts to the news and they're like everywhere i did not expect that at all holy shit what a twist um in in the trailer you just know it's this one family and you think that it has something to do with her you know mainly or whatever but because she's the only one that talks her her uh her tethered one uh but holy shit what a twist i was so excited when that happened i uh Everything about this movie was just awesome. I just had such a good time. I want to watch it over and over again and just talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's so great. It, it's just so well thought out. And yeah. he's just like, from a filmmaking standpoint, like there are a lot of people that come from the world of like comedy or TV or whatever, and they don't hit the ground running mm-hmm. in like cinema like this. Um, he, he reminds me a little bit of like Quentin Tarantino mm. um, in that like he is a filmmaker. Like that yeah. is his thing. Like he's not doing adaptations of this, that or the other. Like he understands film on like a cellular level. He mm-hmm. understands film and he knows how to make it. And he also knows how to be like patient with yeah. a shot or um, 
to to let a scene breathe a little bit, which is not something that I think a lot of filmmakers, like newer filmmakers, sure. uh, do necessarily. Um, and sometimes it might be like because of like editing purposes or like studio interference or whatever. But I, I'm just so glad that he's allowed to make the movie that he he wants to make, or at yeah. least like if he does have back and forth um, issues with the the studio, he's he's allowed to still put together something that's mm-hmm. this good, you know. Yeah, and I think uh, they're they're partnered with like Blumhouse and stuff, and I think that they're mm. really good about letting filmmakers do their films and coming out mm. with like really unique, weird things. And it, that not all Blumhouse movies like work or work for everybody, but um, it's a good home for for someone like him. And um, man, I I'm just like seriously, I'm like smiling just like thinking about this movie. There's just so much <laughs> to talk about. Um. <laughs> here, here, let me let me mention this because I will regret it. Yeah. Uh, until I die uh, next week if I don't. <laughs> If I don't put this out there, but I, I nudged my wife and I, I had to whisper. I don't normally like to talk during a movie, but I, I had to I had to get it out. It was it, I was so <laughs> joyful at a certain point. But when um, the 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 husband, um, I, I can't remember his, his character's name, but the, the the character that Clark Duke plays, mm-hmm. um, he Gabe. lures Gabe. He he lures Tim Heidecker's uh, double onto mm. a, a little <laughs> a little boat over there. You know yeah, where I'm going yeah. with this? He lowers he lures him onto a boat and well actually there are two things. He lures him onto a boat and uh there's like a it's it's like a smaller boat, but also kind of like a bigger one. Like mm-hmm. it's than theirs. Yeah. I, I don't know what you caught it, but um he's like slowly luring him over there. He's got a, a bat he's using as a crutch. And it's not like these the the, the character, uh the Tim Heidecker Heidecker like tethered version is uh, running after him, he's almost like a zombie. Yeah, and that uh, he's being lured over there. But uh, he gets into a boat, and the the thing that I was so delighted about was the name of that boat, <laughs> Biatch, <laughs> which is B apostrophe the word yacht uh-huh. apostrophe uh, T C H, so Biatch, uh, which oh my god that that this movie deserves an Oscar just for yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, my theater lost at that point. That was good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then when he uh, he gets Heidecker in there, he's uh, sitting inside the little like recessed cabin area in the dark. Tim Heidecker pokes his head in, and you see a flare gun uh, uh, like pull up out of the shadow. And it's something that they mentioned earlier in the movie mm-hmm. as well. It's like, oh, do you have a, a flare gun? He's like, ah, oh, I, no, I forgot about that. He has a flare gun, points it right at Tim Heidecker's face. And the flare just like dribbles out of the barrel of the gun. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't does hit him at all. <laughs> so they're just like fighting to the death in this like bright area with smoke and whatnot. But uh, man, it was it was so good. Like there yeah. are little parts like that that would seems like it would in a lesser director's hands would take you right out of the movie, and it would seem like it was um, slowing the pace down. But mm-hmm. it just works so effectively there. I don't I don't know yeah. why. I don't know what. The alchemy he's using there yeah. in Batman, it's it's really good. I think that there's something that comes through in his filmmaking. He has obviously a great comedic mind, but you can tell he is a lover of horror movies, and he's a mm-hmm. student of those as well. Uh, like I was saying, with some of like the '80s influences on this and everything. But um, uh, even Amanda and I compared him to like uh, uh, Hitchcock and stuff. That he's he's kind of like the new Hitchcock now, where uh, he plays with ideas in a, in a really unique way and makes things work that maybe wouldn't work, like you said, in other people's work, uh, like film product and everything. But the mm-hmm. way that scene plays out is so funny. Like, you know, 
that I guess in, in lesser hands, it would just seem contrived a little bit. You know that they talked about the flare gun before, so it's like a little foreshadowing. And then whenever the flare gun comes out of the shadows, you're like, oh, that's awesome. He's going to come with a flare gun. And then the way it just like comedically like falls out of there and like it kind of like mm-hmm. like just like weirdly goes like and like hits the side of the cabin. And the, yeah. uh, <laughs> the tethered guy is just kind of like Ugh, like a zombie. Like he's just like, oh, that happened, whatever. <laughs> And then yeah. you see like the dawning realization on the um, Gabe's face. He's just like, "Fuck!" Like that didn't work. Like you expect it. Like when you first see it, you're like rooting for it. You're like, "Fuck yeah!" They talked about that. He got the gun. It's gonna be awesome. He's gonna blow his head off. And then it does that. And then he's just like, "You kind of." He gives this like face, like, "Well, I gotta beat this guy with my hands now." And right. it's just like <laughs> yeah. all of it plays really, really well. It was uh, every scene of this. Like I, also, that kind of reminds me um, the the boat scene whenever. Gabe and his and Abraham, his his tethered version, takes him in the boat. And at first, it's really creepy because he's wrapped in trash bags, and he just has this mm-hmm. little hole he's making with his hands to kind of see him. And that whole thing where they kind of fight and he gets him kicked off the boat. Uh, Abraham, the the tethered one, but he's wrapped up with the rope. And then the boat takes off and he falls in the water. It was like, oh fuck! But then the yes. boat's dragging him around, and then it comes back around because it tilts to the left. Like all of it is just it's funny. But it's like suspenseful. It just plays with your emotions a little bit, and yeah. in such a good way. And man, all of it is like, the tension is is so good. Again, the tone is just there. Uh, I saw like a few reviews about the tone being kind of uneven, and I was like, if you think this is uneven, you just don't get it. I guess like uh, that's what I can say because it's a balancing act of that comedy and and horror and tension and all that stuff. And I thought it was perfect. I thought everything about it was great for that. So. Uh, he was he just knocked it out of the park in that realm. Uh, yes, yeah, for sure. Sorry, I was wrapped up in listening to you and replaying the, the whole scene in my mind. <laughs> <I know>. But <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, there's so there's good. so much into it because it's uh, not just like a, a great story, but there's a lot of um, uh, homages to other horror movies, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of like stylistic choices that are. Uh, unique to this movie and my mind is constantly trying to figure out well what did this mean why did he yeah. do this and there's always a good reason for it like um, when you hear um, the character Red which is the doppelganger of uh, Lupita Nyong'o's Adelaide um, she has a very like it, she's speaking through a, a broken throat mm. essentially it's what it, it sounds like and that's because that's what it is and um, you find out why uh, why that is uh in the the twist to this movie mm-hmm. which i'll i'll admit i did see coming at yeah. the you know toward the beginning of the movie but i don't think it was necessarily like the whole film was resting on that mm-hmm. on that twist um i think i think that's um part of the the excitement of it is that it happened so early in the movie and they they reference back to it a, a few times throughout it that um you kind of forget about it at, at certain points, mm. but um, yeah, I, I, I had a, a good inkling in my brain that she was the the swapped out twin there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the way they they play it off during the movie is that she's got PTSD because she went through something in that that funhouse. But yeah. Um, yeah, later, you know, like when at the end of the movie where you see the flashback where the the twin grabs uh, the the young Adelaide by the throat and. Mm-hmm. Uh, like crushes her windpipe and she falls down. Um, that's, that's a, a reason for that. And, uh, yeah. I think, 
Like when I was talking about this with uh, my wife, she had mentioned that she wished that it was left more ambiguous, that you didn't mm-hmm. know that that was the, the twin and it would have allowed for some like discussion or conversation or whatever. And uh, I can see that, but also there's so much to discuss already. Yeah. Like I just don't, I don't have the time available to also discuss that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think it's also um, Jordan Peele saying, okay, well, this is, this is obviously what, what happened um yeah. and there are enough hints throughout the movie that you would probably come to that conclusion anyway yeah. especially with the the mother um killing the uh that one like blonde twin uh mm-hmm. in the house the one that's on the, the the smashed coffee table that's just chilling out there for a long time yeah uh when she like overkills that that character and has like these grutter, uh, uh guttural like grunts and, yeah. and whatnot after that and then the same thing when she kills red at the end of the movie um, you uh, you would get there in your brain like mm-hmm. oh obviously that's they they swapped at a certain point yeah and I that was the only thing going through it that I I kind of kept thinking like there she's probably the the other one um, right. this whole time or whatever and that mm-hmm. was the only thing it, it felt almost a little like like he telegraphed that too much or whatever that it was like oh he like we we kind of know that as you go through and and especially mm-hmm. watching back on it you would see more and more of those things that make sense. Of why, mm-hmm. like, she wasn't talking as a little girl, like you said, and why she was making those grunts and everything, that it's, like, definitely there. Um, and when I read some reviews about it, some, like, fan theories and stuff, um, it, like, all, a lot of them were just like, yeah, and it's like, clearly he was setting up that they had, like, switched places. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. it's not, like, a bad thing. Like, that's really what he was going right. for. And so I'm, that's why uh, another reason I'm really excited to watch it back and be like, yeah, that's totally fine. And Amanda and I talked about it afterwards because she also like we both like kind of knew early on or, or suspected early on, I guess, that that was going to be the case. But we were both talking about how interesting it'll be to watch it back again, knowing that she is the swapped mm-hmm. out one, uh, because I was like, even though I suspected it, I still didn't know. So I never really mm-hmm. put myself in her eyes of the swapped one and see like, well, what did how did her life play out or why is she doing the things that she's doing, whatever. So that'd be really mm-hmm. cool to watch again. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, I love the idea that I saw an interview with him. Um, there's a few things that he's been, Jordan Peele has been a little, um, like close to the chest. He's not, he's not really letting things, uh, really like he wants something to be open-ended, but some things he doesn't. And, and one of the things he mentioned was that he wanted this to be a conversation about nature versus nurture. And there's, yeah. Uh, Red, the uh, the doppelganger of Adelaide, says something about how the ones down there, she was like, we're Americans, which was really chilling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was like, we're, they're human, you know, they're just like us, but they're they're like this opposite side. And and it was really interesting to see that one of them came out and learned how to speak and learned how to be uh, essentially a normal person and got married and had kids and all this stuff. And one thing Amanda said, sort of like your wife. Uh, Brandy, my wife had said she almost wished at the end that Red would have won and killed Adelaide and switched places with her. And it would have been like, she's like, this is my family. And I was like, yeah, I could see that. But, you know, her family, like her husband fell in love with Red, not with or I guess it's the other way. Fell in love with Adelaide, but he fell in love with the the tethered one. You know, right. She is the one that that she loves his she she couldn't like switch places with her the one that grew up that was from our world but grew up down there is now the changed person and she right. is more akin to those people than she is to our people and it was just i don't know it's all very interesting that's why the discussion is so great but mm-hmm. 
I was like, if she had won and taken over, they would not have accepted her as like, oh, she was the one that should have been here the whole time. It's not who he fell in love with, like bar none, you know, and it's not the mother of their children. Uh, So it's it's all very interesting to see. Like, that's why I want to watch it again so bad is it's kind of get my mind about those things and like think of alternative theories for that and and kind of come up with new solutions or whatever. But Mm. it's a very interesting conversation about like just because they're down there, are are they down there? And that's why they are the way they are. She obviously came out and changed who she was and is a normal person by all accounts. So, yeah. And speaking of rewatching, like, yeah, I think, I think you have to watch this at least twice now mm-hmm. that you know, like the twist and the setup and everything to really be able to piece everything together. Because the first time you're watching this, you're thinking uh, Adelaide doesn't want to go back to that beach because she went through something traumatic there. Mm-hmm. And again, like PTSD would might yeah. play a, um, a part in that. But really, it's like, oh, I don't want to have to go back down into, you know, the, the underground mm-hmm. where I'm from originally. I don't want to have to go back and be trapped there. I didn't thought about uh, that. That's great. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and I'm sure there are like all kinds of different things like that. Like, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm th- clearly this movie is smarter than me. Oh yeah, uh, which is something oh, I, I mentioned to to my wife. Like, there's still <laughs> stuff I'm trying to figure out. Like, I had to um, I, last night before I went to bed. Uh, also saw this movie at night uh, nice. and then trying to go to sleep afterward. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Feel real good yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, well that. Uh, wasn't thrilled about that, but uh, so I pulled up some YouTube videos and was watching some some theories on it and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I came across an interview where um, this guy is interviewing Jordan Peele, and he asked about the the like single glove, the oh, one yeah. glove that the the characters wear. And he had mentioned that um, you know it's kind of in reference to Michael Jackson, who is on the Thriller shirt mm-hmm. that um, young Adelaide gets, and uh, same thing with like the red overalls and whatnot, um, and. Uh, um, I think he mentioned there was like some other like one gloved people kind of uh, as an influence there. Like mm. um, I guess like Freddy Krueger as mm. as mm-hmm. part of one. Um, and same oh. thing with like the um, yeah. burnt face of the the sun. Nightmare on Elm Street. It's one of the VHS tapes in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. Oh, okay, yeah. there you go. There cool. you go. Hadn't seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, there, just so much thought were brought into it. But um, the rabbits, like yeah. the rabbits, I'm still like trying to piece together like yeah i i I get that they had the the rabbits caged and the metaphor of having those people caged as well Mm -hmm. and then like once we come across you know the tunnels we've got the the tunnels are empty except for the rabbits that are finally free but also they um the uh, the tethered would eat the the raw Mm -hmm. meat of the rabbits to as like sustenance but um is there like a i feel like there's something i'm missing on the actual like rabbit metaphor, like why yeah. why are they they rabbits? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I definitely during the movie and then now I didn't really understand. I don't know of any references for that in particular. I, I also like got the imagery of the cages and then being open cages and whatever. But uh, yeah, a lot of that I don't really know. Why are they there? How mm-hmm. are they like breeding them? I guess to have more to eat because it seems like from what she said, it was like this. Some sort of government, oh. you know, thing to control people above or whatever by sharing the soul and everything. But, like, it was abandoned. And so, like, how are they still getting them or whatever? They don't seem to have really mm. – they, they only kind of mimic what people – their their other half is doing on the surface. So, um, yeah, I don't really know. That's, that's an interesting point. 
maybe that's maybe that's it maybe that's part of it is maybe it's not like an overall symbol um like i was thinking like when i saw rabbits you know i think of uh of course when i see a bunny you know i think about fucking like rabbits <laughs> right so <laughs> Listen, you've never seen uh, that cartoon where Bugs Bunny dresses up like a lady and, oh, yeah. and then turned okay. on? Oh, yeah. Come on. We're on the same page. <laughs> Some real bunny freaks on this episode. Brent's a furry. Brent's a um, furry. <laughs> um, uh, what, was I, what was I saying? I don't know. Man, got, this happens a lot. You got distracted uh, by fucking bunnies. So. I, I did. I did. So I was thinking that um, maybe it's because the, the population is, is like the, the rabbits down there and they just overpopulate or whatever. But that's not true because they're as populated as the surface world mm-hmm. is, you know, for the most part. So it's not like an overpopulation down there. It's just like an equal population yeah. as far as we're aware. But like you're saying, maybe it's because rabbits reproduce so often that it's just a more steady food supply yeah. for them. Yeah, maybe it's just as simple as that. He was like, maybe. I need a really steady supply. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That could work. Um, yeah. I do want to, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure about that one. And that's, that would, I need to look that one up and see if anybody has uh, some more theories about that. That's, that's one of the areas that I'm definitely like, this movie's smarter than me. And I'm not really, really sure where he was going with that. Uh, or rather, like, I don't know, symbolism that you could gather from, from bunny rabbits or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. I do like the, the one glove thing that you mentioned. I, I was trying to, I can't remember all of the movies, though. The ones that I remember that were on the shelf were The Goonies, which she references in her speech that uh, you mentioned yeah. earlier, kind of the it's it's our time. It was, it's our time now. It's our time down here or whatever and kind of coming mm-hmm. up. Um, and then the, I know that The Right Stuff, which is like an astronaut movie, was playing there, but I don't know of anything mm-hmm. in the movie that really portrayed that. Uh, Freddy Krueger glove makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the man with two brains. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, that's a good one though. Um, yeah. but it's, I, I saw, um, something online that people were talking about that and how basically what you get is this little girl was frozen in time, uh, pop culture wise, uh, from 1986 onward. So she basically mm-hmm. went down there and whatever she had in her mind, especially the last time we see her around any kind of pop culture, those are the things that she had in mind. So she watched the hands across America thing that gets played out. I think they're even wearing like red like suits or jumpsuits or something like that on that commercial. Um, the glove thing, I didn't really understand that the thriller made sense, but the Freddy Krueger makes even more sense. And I don't remember this, but in that scene the like the TV shuts off and you see her in the reflection and someone online said that she's like cutting out something, uh, maybe even like a chain of people like that, the way we do those. But, um, mm-hmm. so that's kind of like where she got that idea, but that's, it's all just so interwoven. You can tell that he spent a lot of time connecting the dots and making all this like really fun like Easter eggs throughout the entire movie that it'll all yeah. make sense. But as you're going through it, you can only pick out what you can in the first time. And mm-hmm. so it's like, it's cool. Like what we've gotten so far and what I've seen people talk about online, but I can't wait to go back and rewatch those things and kind of connect the dots even more. Um, also Chud was one of those movies, mm-hmm. uh, by that. And, uh, boy, uh, yep. Uh, got it. Got it pretty close there. You don't, <laughs> you don't see him like eat anyone, but you know, there's still some people from the underground. Yeah. Also, uh, since that little girl, uh, young Adelaide, her pop culture knowledge ends at 1986. She never got to experience the joy of the 1987 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> animated series. <laughs> the most famous underground dwellers. Oh my God. And, uh, Missed opportunity. She could have been a hero. She could have been a hero in a half shell. Wow. Turtle power. Could you, okay, wait, Brent. Can you imagine in an alternate universe, 
that he makes yeah. this movie that she does in, in like 1987 or 88 that she goes underground and that instead of the red jumpsuits, they all come out with like turtle shells. They've like built <laughs> and like, like masks across their eyes and stuff. Like yeah. <laughs> imagine the seriousness of this movie and all the crying scenes and all that stuff. And like the, all the, the teary eyes you were talking about, but imagine them wearing like different colored bands across their eyes. Mm-hmm. I, I want to live in that world too. I want to see that movie. That sounds great. <laughs> well, well see, I I'm pretty sure that Jordan Peele, Regardless of him being an excellent director, he was probably like, okay, this movie is going to take place back in the late 80s, so, I don't know, 88, 89, and then somebody was like, Jordan, uh, this movie has to take place before 1987, because (laughs) the Ninja Turtles did not hit pop culture until then. Sure, they had comics published in, you know, 86, you know, back to to 84, but... uh, they weren't as big then, mm-hmm. and yeah. your story is just going to fall apart. People are not going to stand for it. <laughs> and he was like, you know what? Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Uh, 86 it is. Yep. I like to think that yep. even he knew that, that he's a big Turtle fan. I, don't, I have no proof of that, but I would imagine because he's an awesome guy, and the Turtles are awesome. So maybe he already knew. And it goes hand in hand. Yeah, yep. absolutely. He was like, I got to do um, before then. You'd be a hero. Otherwise, it'd be different. Different world. It's it's impossible now. Yeah. Like, you could not do. you could not tell that story. <laughs> Now that we all know what a Ninja Turtle is, it's mm-hmm. if, if you're going to send somebody underground, they're going to come back up, and they're going to be heroes, they're going to be yeah. ninjas, and they're going to crave pizza. Back to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a much different movie, but a movie I want to see all the same. Oh, yeah, maybe definitely. We, maybe oh. you and I should film a short film version of this. We oh. won't ever do that, but oh, yeah. it'd be fun. Yeah, just pretend like we did yeah. and give us uh, five stars. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Much obliged. Uh, also, on the Hands Across America um, logo, all of the, the people in that logo are red. So mm-hmm. I think that's probably yeah. why they went with the red jumpsuits. And the jumpsuits make sense for, um, like, whatever, like, the scientists or government or whatever that were yeah, down true. there in those tunnels. You know, they probably just had, like, jumpsuits lying around. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of like uh, tether scrubs in a way. You know, it's just their yeah. uniform. But yeah. they go and do their business and, uh, and whatnot. Um, they do their business in, their, in those? Yeah, it's fine. It's not going to show any stains. I mean, okay. even if it does, they don't care. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, don't know they're sick on. shit freaks. Yeah. <laughs> As proved by the one at the end of my hallway. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's fine. That's fine. Um, but also the, the Hands Across the America motif plays in, like, at the beginning. Like, the first time we see that family, mm-hmm. they're holding oh, hands yeah. like that. And uh, it's it just a, a recurring thing that, that shows up that you don't realize it until the very end of the movie, like um, the the old man on the beach mm-hmm. who is like standing with his arms apart. He has the red jumpsuit on, but he has on like a green coat over it or whatever, but he has the blood dripping off of his fingers yeah. and he's just like standing there waiting for people to join him. Um, it was, man, that's insane. It's such like a, a crazy, a crazy thing that happened in real life mm-hmm. and then also is being referenced and then, as we see by the end of this movie is, um, completed. Yeah. Um, that happens that it really does make a, a statement also killing most of, uh, the population of America. Sure. Uh, we'll do that. Yeah. Well, it'll, it'll do that. Uh, I also like, because they mention that they're like, she says, you know, we're Americans down here and then mm-hmm. they kind of, I, I don't know if they explicitly say it's like an American project, but it seems very much that that was like the American government was doing that. So, 
the rest of the world in this universe is just watching on in horror as mm-hmm. all of these people are dying across America. They're joining hands. They're like doppelgangers are yeah. joining hands. That's a pretty freaky universe to live in too. Like you had mentioned a little mm-hmm. bit of like, uh, th- there is like a zombie esque quality to it. They make, they grunt. Um, they, they kind of make like weird shapes when they're like running or moving or whatever and stuff. And it's all just kind of creepy mm-hmm. and, and all of that. They don't seem to, they, they're, they're kind of smart, but they have like a one goal, you know, just to kill, sort of. So, um, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's it's a very interesting imagery that it's not zombies, though, and and uh, another testament to his great writing and stuff to kind of make it similar to something you know, but totally different. So, um, okay, man, I don't know. I, uh, it's fucking great. It was just fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> there's man, there's so much to to go over, like mm-hmm. you said. Like, uh, we're not gonna be able to put it all in this particular episode but i'm sure we'll like double dip back into it yeah uh well the tethered version of us uh <laughs> we'll, we'll come back and do that episode um but yeah i mean there's um you know the classism angle of the the haves mm-hmm. and have nots obviously are, are a big part of it and the um scene in the trailer um where they're um they're they're walking across the beach and it's an overhead shot and you see the shadows laying on the ground and everything mm. that's a a nice uh yeah. metaphor for the whole thing um and the 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 fight between adelaide and and red at the end of this movie where it's like intercut with um them dancing as mm, uh, young yeah. girls and like ballet or whatever mm-hmm. like i didn't really get it until um after thinking back on it and knowing for sure that there was the the twin swap yeah. um it, it really didn't make sense, but you can see that, um, I guess all of that took place, like the, the ballet stuff took place before she was swapped. Is that? Yeah, I don't know. I was trying to, th- I thought it was after, but now that you mentioned it, I don't know that we even really know, but that kind of makes sense that mm-hmm. that's like what did, she mentions that like what awoken her or whatever, that uh, everybody down there realized she was different and stuff. But I don't. I didn't know if that was meant to be like the doppelganger was different then, and that's why. I mean, obviously she was, and she walked up the the escalator and stuff, and got out and was able to like just switch places and everything. But I yeah. didn't know if it was like they just discovered the other one was there. But I think you're right. I think it was that like that was like before that. That makes sense. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of what I was piecing together, which mm-hmm. makes sense. That that red every time that. Adelaide would go take a swing at her with her um, that like fire poker. Yeah. Uh, Red was able to move just because she's yeah. better at choreography and everything. She has more um, control over her. Um, she has like such precise movement mm-hmm. when she walks yeah. as well. She almost yeah. walks like a um, like a character in an eight bit video game or whatever. She walks <laughs> yeah. in like straight lines and yeah. like immediately turns or whatever. Um, yeah. But uh, I like that part and also on the like underground escalator that that goes down there mm-hmm. um how do you think that that the young um like young adelaide was able to go up that like she just tried real hard i know <laughs> or like, when they when they first show her like look at it and it's that really long escalator that's just going yeah. down um i was like obviously you can go up like a down escalator but it's i mean it's moving yeah. the whole time so it's kind of difficult but i like that they didn't show it so that it, yeah. <laughs> they just be like she made it up it's fine yeah yeah, <laughs> it's yeah i'm not counting that. it I'm not <laughs> counting it against the movie in any way like yeah. maybe she just like went on the outsides of it and just like yeah, kind of spider walked her way up yeah um, and and none, none of the other characters thought to do that but yeah. um 
Yeah, man, it was just... It would be a funny, like, 20-minute scene of her trying to get up there, though. <laughs> <laughs> She's got to get up there quick. Yeah, um, so it's hard not to compare this to Get Out because... Not because of the similarities, but just because it's, you know, first and second films from Jordan Peele and that they're um, both horror movies and stuff. But um, Get Out made such a big splash when it came out, and it was so interesting as well and needed, like, required, like, second viewings, and it was, like... Everybody was talking about it and everything, and um, I, I, I want to kind of compare it to this one because when we were leaving the theater and Amanda and I were talking about it in the car on the way home, I had said that I was su- I'm surprised that I haven't seen Get Out more that now that I own it and stuff at home. I, I think I've only seen it like once in theaters and then once since. I don't maybe a second time, but at home, but. I thought it was like when I watched it, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this all the time. It's so interesting, but it's almost so cerebral and it's kind of a slow burn that you're like realizing things. Um, And for some reason, I just haven't watched it as much as I expected to. Mm -hmm. And I think that this one to me, I was like, I don't know that I can say either one is a better movie and I don't know that I even really want to, honestly. But um, I think that this movie, that Us, is a movie that I would revisit more. I'm more excited to watch this again I think than I was Get Out um, I think that this would be one that I would put on more it has a little bit more like action to it and a little mm-hmm. bit more um, like the 80s stuff that I loved uh, it just felt like more of a typical horror movie that I would kind of put on a lot so I was curious if you had an idea of which one you liked more or if you would really compare them at all hmm. I don't know that I could put one over the other because there's a lot that I like from both of them mm-hmm. and I like different takeaways from both of them but I mean yeah they're, they're as far as like horror movies go, and I'm not a, a real big horror movie guy, um, Jordan Peele is knocking it out of the park yeah. for me. Uh, yeah, go football. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, I, this would definitely be on like my horror movie rotation. Mm-hmm. Like if I felt in the mood to watch a horror movie, it would be it would be this. It would be Get Out, um, that newest Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, right and um, uh, you know, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. And, um, there's like something else. I only own like, I own very few like horror movies on my iTunes account. Um, but, uh, yeah, any, any of those. Oh, uh, (laughs) what we do in the shadows. Oh Uh, yeah, right on. I would would, Uh would put in there. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it it is very cerebral and it does make you think, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, which is awesome. It, it, it helps to, um, remove the stigma a little bit of the horror movie horror horror mm-hmm. movie genre uh <laughs> and that it's 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 something that that has mainstream appeal it's not just yeah. slashers you know yeah i agree with that um there's a there's a weird thing in the horror community where they're really kind of touchy whenever people like like a movie like this or like when get out came out and people were like kind of trying to say it wasn't really horror or like oh it's a new type of horror or it's a new like it's it's more than that or whatever it's like better than other horror and everything uh there's mm-hmm. a weird thing in the horror community is like a backlash to that that i don't really care for i guess like i i think that it's okay to say that this is kind of and they're like elevated horror that it is like reaching the masses uh and that he's doing a better job than other ones um I, I do think that, I mean I love horror and I think that it, it brings more to the table than the general public thinks most of the time but yeah. I think there is a difference in his movies and other people's horror movies like he mm-hmm. is doing something different clearly 
he like this was a, a box office smash, which is amazing. It's like opening weekend. Uh, I don't know what the stats are, but it's, you know, one of the biggest opening horror movies of all time or whatever for this month or whatever. Like it's doing very, very well. Um, and there's clearly something different about it, you know. So I think that there's I'm kind of in the middle of that. I'm, I'm, I'm part of that horror fan club, but I'm also like can be aware that this is he's doing something new and exciting with it. And he's he's even quick to say that, like, don't say this is anything but horror. This is a horror movie. But horror is meant to um, generate empathy and new ideas and discussion about our society and stuff. And I think he's, he is elevating that, that art form. So, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Very excited to see more from him and, uh, and all the discussions and stuff that's has brought has, has been amazing. So, well, let me say this. So in get out and us, both movies have surviving protagonists so in the in his next horror movie, if he makes another horror movie, maybe he goes to a different genre. But if he does make another horror movie, I feel so sorry for his protagonist <laughs> there because we know he's gonna throw us a curveball. <laughs> and they're gonna get fucked up immediately. They're gonna die five minutes into the movie. Ooh, okay. And, and the the whole movie is gonna be about something totally different. Oh, I like that. And we're we're all gonna love it. You know, I thought you were going with like uh, it would just be at the end of the movie that the protagonist would have to die or whatever, which would be a little too too on the nose because we kind of expect that. But yeah, that would be a twist if it was in the very beginning. Like maybe the trailer yeah. is just the actual like first five minutes of the movie, and then yeah. it ends with them dying, and they're like, and a whole new thing is coming <laughs> after that. It's like that sounds great. <laughs> I'm totally on board. Well, look, he's a good storyteller, so even yeah. if it's a, a a bit of a shock, I'm sure we would still still dig it. Yeah. Sounds good, man. I'm down for it. So, yeah. Uh, obviously, I love this film. Um, Same. Very excited to see it again. I I wasn't really looking forward to going to the theater. I, I like most of my movies at home as opposed to the theater. Uh, in particular, I like horror by myself. I don't really care for the, the theater experience. Like I said, a lot of people in my theater were laughing uh, at really odd moments during it. So yeah. uh, it kind of took me out. I, I really wish... I, I like turning the lights out. I'm not as scared in the theater as I would be at home with all the lights off, mm-hmm. especially whenever it's like a home invasion type movie mm-hmm. or whatever about yourself, your doppelganger coming to kill you. That sounds like a much better experience to experience at home. But so I'm looking forward well, to that in the future. Also, because you take all of your knives and butcher knives, anything that's sharp and you throw them out in your front lawn. Yeah. So anybody could come by at any point while yeah. you're watching that movie and really just freak the shit out of you. Yeah. Look, I like to keep myself on my toes, you know, so I keep a, mm-hmm. I keep a chainsaw outside. Um, yeah. Oh, fully gassed mm-hmm. up. Though. Yeah, ready to go. I have a sign mm-hmm. that says, please use this against my window at any moment uh, mm-hmm. without telling me. Um, I, I just like to you, scare. You also have a, a small sign next to that one that says, hey, kids, Freddy Krueger gloves around the back. <laughs> Real knives included. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> not, those, not that plastic bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, your last thoughts about this? Uh, it was a great movie. I had a great time mm-hmm. watching it. And uh, I'm very much eager to watch it again. And I'm sure later this afternoon I'm going to pull up more YouTube videos and more articles. Just try to read everything I possibly can about it. Nice. And, uh, yeah, man, just full-on uh great film and uh i am eager to see what he makes next yeah i mm-hmm. i can't imagine i i had no um 
no doubts that he would just knock it out of the park with this one. I really kind of just fully expected that and never really thought that like this would fail in any way. Um, I have a lot of faith in, in his style and his writing and directing and stuff. And I, I'm so looking forward to the next one. I, I just, I, I imagine, you know, there, there's always missteps in people's careers or there, or there can be, like it can always happen to anybody. But I just really, at this point, I can't imagine it happening to him. He really clearly thinks through these things and makes these really like interesting layered films like we've talked about. Um, so yeah, super looking forward to the next one. I hope he knocks it out of the park all over again. And we have some mm-hmm. sort of fucked up trilogy to look forward to, you know, that, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. So, um, there is a, an episode of Erie international, our friends over at Erie international, they've got an episode about us. It's episode 185 and, uh, it's definitely worth, uh, listening to nice. and, um, getting some more in-depth conversation there. Um, cause they have a lot of you know, horror knowledge over there sure, uh, yeah. that is lacking on my end of, of this episode. So go check that out. And uh, there's a lot of um, references that they get that I would have never have pieced together. So definitely cool. check out that episode. Um, what do you think about horror movies coming out in March like this or non-October hmm. months? Are you, does it bother you at all? Or do you have a, a, a wish that it would have come out in October or it, yeah, does it not really matter? It's always hard. It's more, I think it speaks to me in, in this day and age that I'm just kind of sick of the the theater model that it takes so long for things to come out. I think that they kind of do these so that this movie will be out on video for October so they can kind of double dip that way. If they hadn't, I feel like they feel they wouldn't get the, the resurgence of the money from people because it would have been opposite, essentially. It would have come out to theaters in October and then been out like on video mm-hmm. by now. And that way they can be like, no, for Halloween, like buy this movie or whatever. So yeah. I think that's kind of the idea that they go behind, and I'm okay with that. Uh, what <laughs> you saying for buying it for Halloween reminded me as my wife and I were talking about this last night when we got home, she goes, Oh shit. You know, this year is just going to be people in tether costumes. Right. And I was like, fuck, there are going to be people walking throughout just like standing at the end of my driveway on October 31st. Fantastic. In those, those costumes. It, I'm like, shit. Easy I'm, too. I'm, I, they're so easy. Yeah. I'm, I'm super creeped out by it already. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> you know, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that idea. And also, I hope I see some fucking twins. Some fucking <laughs> twins just go at each other and just, like, act like they're fighting and stuff. Oh, man, that'd be fucking creepy. If you hey, get, like, twins. <laughs> if you could get, like, a, a, a twin in your group or whatever and, like, someone else shows uh-huh. up like that. Oh, my God, that would freak my shit out. I would love it. Oh, my God. That sounds fantastic. Can you imagine? They yeah. just shave off their eyebrows and look <laughs> yeah. down the whole time. <laughs> Dedication. Look down, like tilt their head down, but look forward. I guess yep. that's a better way to it. Uh, yeah, like, oh yeah. man. And I know we're trying to wrap up this conversation, yeah, right. but man, that, that part where, um, the, uh, the daughter, uh, the, the actual daughter, I can't, can't think of her name right now. I'm mm-hmm. going to try to look it up. Vamp, Zora. vamp, 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 vamp. Huh? Yeah. Zora. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like from, uh, Zelda. <laughs> She's a race of water people. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Video that's games. Where, that's where, that's where that See, comes from. See, we brought video games in. Yeah. Hey, we got it. Suck it, yeah. big podcast. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Zora, she's, uh, th- they get in, um, their, their friends, like SUV, their, mm-hmm. uh, upscale friends, SUV. And, uh, they're like, they turn on the, the headlights and you can see the, uh, Zora's doppelganger, Umbre, mm-hmm. I guess, um, standing at the end of the driveway. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, well, God damn it. This is, I'm already freaked out. <laughs> so, so Zora punches it and, 
it looks like she's gonna hit her but about that time the daughter like leaps up and just like crawls on top of the the hood onto the roof of it and the audio in the theater i was in was so good and so crisp that when it happened, it freaked me the fuck out. Like I, I sent a shiver down my spine, and I was just like, I, I felt my 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 neck or my head like turtle into my shoulders, and I was just like ducked down like this. I was like, man, this I am so so scared, so scared as to what's gonna happen. Did she sound like right and, above uh, you, like she crawled over your yes. SUV? Yes. Oh your my head? god. Yeah. It, yeah. That stereo in there. It was insane. Yeah, right and on. And then eventually, like, the daughter winds up in a, or the evil version of the daughter gets flung into a, the forest and winds up in a tree, and she's just, like, trying to, to kill up to the last moment there, yeah. but uh, she eventually just dies. But, That's what yeah. you do it. Yeah, I, I'm glad mm-hmm. you mentioned that, though. Uh, I'll also mention real quick that the audio was was really good in our theater as well. Um, I still haven't seen a movie in Dolby Atmos that I know of, but that's where it's, like, really kind of pinpointed all over the theater and stuff uh, mm-hmm. more than, than most like surround sound things. But there was a part where uh, early on, whenever the dad has gotten like hit with the baseball bat in the knee and the family, the other family's there in their house. And there's a part where I think they're like trying to run away and it cuts to, you know, that the dad is kind of to the left of you where they're running away. Like he's down the hallway in the living room or something like that. And the sound came from that, like the back left of the theater and he makes like, just like a, a, a yell. And I thought a uh-huh. dude in our theater was just like, Rawr! Yeah. And I was like, what the <laughs> yeah. fuck, man? Why would you do that? And I was like, oh, that was the dad. Good audio. That sounded like lifelike. It sounded like right in the <laughs> yeah. theater. It was pretty good. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I forgot about that. That happened a few times as well, especially when uh, some of the, the tethered people in this movie are just making like weird like guttural noises and grunts and whatnot. Yeah. I thought it was people in the theater, and I was, <laughs> I was like simultaneously annoyed but also impressed, yeah. you know? I was like, oh, yeah. okay, well, yeah, I, I guess I can live with this. Um, also, looking at the cast list here, mm-hmm. uh, I have it pulled up on Wikipedia, but there are a lot of characters that have names that aren't mentioned by name in the movie. Like there's... Uh, uh, Duke Nicholson plays Danny, but also Tony. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and then we've got, uh, Kara Hayward plays Nancy, but also Sid. Mm-hmm. But these are just like alternate versions of their, their, like the tethered people or whatever. Yeah. But they're probably just like the guy who's, uh, at the, the carnival, uh, giving her the thriller shirt. And then also the guy who oh, yeah. talks to the, the dad about whack-a-mole and, uh-huh. and whatnot. So, Yeah. Yeah, I had, uh, I, I, that's why there's a bunch in the cast. I was like, the, the cast is actually pretty small, but there are other people in it. But that's kind of funny that he actually has like double names for, for all of them. I think he really thought about yeah. and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, also, Jordan Peele, he has the Funhouse narrator and then also Dying Rabbit. <laughs> what is Dying Rabbit? I know. Must have been, I don't remember that at one point that a rabbit actually died, or maybe they were eating one that it like squealed or something. Maybe. But I didn't notice he was the, uh, like an announcer in the the fun house either that's pretty creepy so yeah i hadn't noticed I that remember one. that but yeah it's cool all right so uh anything else uh that you want to say uh within time constraints on this episode <laughs> no i think i'm good i think we talked it to, to death and uh just really looking forward to watching it again Hmm. yeah for sure oh 
I do have one final thing. <laughs> the last shot, the last shot of uh, everyone, oh, uh, sure. all the tethered people holding hands, you know, going over the hills and everything. And um, that, that was kind of the, the use of CGI that I mm-hmm. alluded to earlier in the, in the movie. Unless they got that many people. There I mean, go. I guess they could. Jordan Pill movie. Who wants to be in it? There's just like a wave yeah. of people that, that flock in. Um, but we have the helicopters helicopters off in the distance and we can see there are like fires or like smoke from fires that are rising up in uh in the background there as well so yeah. i guess that whole uh version of america is fucked at that point yeah but, absolutely uh, you know what we we'll, we'll probably deserve it it was a, a really cool ending shot um i had a i had drank two cokes during that movie and amanda had some some wine during it and the water so we were both like jumped up the second the credits started so we could go to the bathroom but uh i was like i can't leave this movie i have to see it every single frame and uh that's that scene was really cool because it's really slow the way the camera kind of goes over and like pans up and shows the whole vista and it's just like people everywhere and you just realize the scope of the the whole movie so pretty bad great great way to end the movie too and uh yeah I don't need any more. I think that uh, I don't want like a sequel to this by any stretch. I like that his movies are kind of contained, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, it's just kind of out there. This is what it is. So fucking creepy. It'd be like it'd be like getting a sequel to Cabin in the Woods. Like it has a definite ending that it's working toward. And that's that's it. Yeah, that's all you need. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I'm with you. All right. So I guess we'll wrap it up here. And uh and uh, what do we say? Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> Get ready for the paragraph. Please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. <laughs> that was pretty good, man. Thanks. You're always good with the voices. That was really creepy. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm also the grudge. <laughs> uh, feel free to email us at let's talk about stuff podcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on wait yeah <laughs> you can follow let's talk about stuff on twitter and instagram at l-t-a-s pod uh, sorry my uh my screen visibility on my mm. ipad is down and the light uh from uh. my windows is reflecting off of uh my walls here and it's all about reflections okay mm. it's the mirror yeah. image of the light that's coming through here oh, it's ruining everything for me and i will take its spot Damn. Um, also Follow Stephen on Letterboxd and Twitter at StephenFisher22. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, or more like Brentstagram, hey. at Brent Hibbard. <laughs> Only took 89 episodes, folks. I got there. <laughs> All right, yeah. We don't. Uh, we might have a topic for next week, but we're not really sure we're going to announce it yet, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll play it by ear yeah. for right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, just join us that time, and we'll talk more good times. Well said, Stephen. Well said. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still learning to talk. I'm actually the doppelganger. I'm still working it out. Yeah. Yeah, we know. (laughs) We can tell by the bags under your eyes. (laughs) And the lack of eyebrows. Oh, damn. Also, you always wear that one one tan-looking glove and a a red jumpsuit. Yeah. Snip, snip. Uh, <laughs> Where did they get all of those gold-plated scissors, by the yeah. way? There's a lot of scissors. And they're gold-plated, too. I know, yeah. Seems like a, a hard thing for them to get in the movie, actually. Or, like, you know, in real yeah. life, in the movie. Mm-hmm. To get some gold-plated yeah. scissors. But they did it. They they had a dream, and they took over the world. More power mm-hmm. to them. This is America, right. after all. You can be whatever you want to be. Uh, even a friggin' tethered person? Yep. Out for murdering. Yep. Totally. Yep. Totally cool. It's America. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> we don't have clothes to choose anymore. Only sandals. 
<laughs> Make America tethered again. <laughs> meta? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it works. Yeah, sure, why not? It's very meta. Uh, yeah. All right, so... Uh, <laughs> Oh, boy. You got me with that one. Excellent. All right, well, until next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. Uh, Let's talk talk later. later. Awesome. sync word ah for a sync word we will use ophelia oh okay all right so ophelia on three one two three ophelia Ophelia. excellent awesome um yeah (laughs) so we're here (laughs) wait wait hold on (laughs) I was uh, I was messing with the uh, the Skype screen. You know how you have like the large one and the small one. Mm-hmm. I was kind of jumping back and forth on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, additional mole noises <laughs> because dead air. <laughs> Let's see. I can't have That's it. A... <laughs> <laughs> one of us at all times should just be like. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> am I am I am I listening to the Grudge podcast? <laughs> People are like, I like this show. There's no dead air. There's always a guy slowly gutter- making guttural noises in the background. <laughs> what everybody wants. What, what could be better? What, was, what could be better? Will you ever make a cameo in one of your own films? I've, I've made cameos in both of my films. You have? Mm-hmm. In Get Out, I was the voice of the deer. <laughs> And in us? I am a dying rabbit. (laughs) Wait, does anyone know that? No. Oh my God, am I the first person you told? Yes, and yes, you are. Jordan, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh my God. Congratulations. Thanks. To you. Thanks. Figuring that one out. But right now, they gotta do what's right for them. Because it's their time. Their time. Up there. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. I uh, still liked it a lot and uh, very looking forward to exciting. To exciting? Very looking. I'm excited to look forward to talking about it soon. Me words. Stephen Good. <laughs>